Hello and welcome to the Ohio High School Hoops Around the State podcast. I am your host, Kurt Stubbs, and we are back with another edition, a very special edition of the Around the State podcast. Uh, We are going to um, start back up our 25th anniversary series, which we did last year around this time. Um, This is one of my favorite things to do. Uh, I really thoroughly enjoyed this last year. Uh, spoke with either a coach uh, or a player from uh, Westerville North, Cleveland St. Joe's, uh, Youngstown Ursuline, and uh, Upper Scioto Valley from the 1994 state championship teams uh, in last year's uh, 25th anniversary series. So this is just uh, something that uh, is just really, really uh, fun for me. Um, I really enjoy Uh, history in general, especially uh, when it comes to basketball history in the state of Ohio. So this is just something that's uh, a whole lot of fun for me to do. And uh, today we're going to start out um, talking about one of the divisions. And uh, this is, uh, this was, this was probably the one that I was looking forward to the most. And, uh, you know, I'll get to that here in a little bit. But uh, I did want to take just a couple of minutes to to share some thoughts uh, leading into this, which are kind of off the topic of high school basketball. Um, and this has just been kind of unavoidable lately, uh, especially for here, uh, uh, those of us here in the Buckeye State uh, being addressed by Governor DeWine each day and updated on the coronavirus COVID-19. Um, and, uh, you know, I just kind of wanted to talk about just what I've been seeing lately, man, which is so many people uh, turning to Scripture, turning to God uh, in this time, which uh, if you know me, uh, you, you know I'm a um, professing Christian man, uh, so I'm going to talk about Christian topics, uh, you know, Christ, that's what Christians do, uh, but you know, so many people just turning to Scripture for, for comfort or peace or healing or just for fear, anxieties, and worries right now. And it's just um, just such a blessing to me uh, to be able to see that and to see God's hand at work in this time of trials and tribulations and um, just, just how good God is despite an awful situation. He can still use things for good. Um, and I wrote a piece uh, on my blog uh, this week and just kind of get my thoughts out there and just some of the things that I've been thinking about. And, uh, you know, through all of this, um, and I've said this a couple of times, no matter what, no matter what happens um, for the Christian, uh, God is still on the throne. Nothing that is happening right now, uh, you know, caught him by surprise or he, he wasn't made aware of. So we can have comfort in that, um, that, that, that he is not only aware of this, but uh, he's allowing it right now. And, you know, none of us uh, have the mind capacity to understand, you know, the works of God. But I do know this. I do know that he works everything out for the good. Uh, for those who love him, and uh, I know that despite this awful disease that has plagued our country and several other countries, that 
um, God is still at work. He's still on the throne. And uh, I still know that Jesus Christ died for each and every one of us. Um, and he rose from the dead. And that is fact. And that is truth. And that is something that's undeniable despite what we're going through right now. So I find my comfort and my hope in that. And I hope you do as well. Because my prayer through all of this um, is, is just one that, you know, we won't take time for granted. Uh, just, you know, whether it's going out to the store, just going outside or conversating with somebody, giving somebody a hug, that we will no longer take those things for granted. Uh, I think in this country we have so many freedoms that we often just, you know, kind of forget <laughs> that they're free. Uh, each and every day until something like this happens where we're, you know, kind of quarantined in the house, if you will. But, um, you know, it's just my hope and prayer that we will uh, never take those things for granted anymore. That, uh, you know, time is time is precious. Uh, we're not guaranteed uh, another second or another minute. So time is precious. And um, just to, to love people, love our neighbors, and I'm seeing so much of that right now. Just, just selfless acts of people. There are so many good things going on right now despite a bad situation. So I tend to try to focus on that. But my ultimate prayer is this, that through this, and as I said, I've seen so many people relying on Scripture and, and leaning on God through this. Um, but my hope is, is that when um, things, you know, if they get back to normal, um, that we won't fall away from that, that we will remember that God is good and that he's the one that's carrying us through this tough time and that we won't just use him for a momentary uh, time to get us through a tough situation, that we will remember that he is the one that carries us. Um, he is the one that allows us to do the things we do, whatever that is, personally, professionally, um, and I was reminded of that, you know, two of my favorite hobbies, sports and working out. Um, you know, it was like he said, look, hey, I allow you to do those things. And ultimately, um, I can take those away whenever I want. Um, so I, I hope that uh, when we do get on the other side of this, that we don't lose sight of the fact that God pulled us through this. And finally, that I'm praying that thousands, if not millions, call on the name of Jesus and their lives are spared and their lives are saved for eternity with our Heavenly Father through this. And that is my ultimate prayer for this um, time of, of just trial and uncertainty, that more people will come to know Christ and more people will say yes um, to him and to his salvation that he offers for each and every one of us. So those were just some thoughts I've had on my mind about this. This has been uh, weighing heavy on my heart over the last um, week to 10 days. So uh, I really hope that you find some peace and comfort um, through these words and uh, through these thoughts, and but ultimately through, through the comfort and, and the healing of God because he's the one that helps us overcome those fears and worries and anxieties. Uh, he calls us to cast all of our anxieties on him because he cares for us and he has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of sound mind. 
And I truly, truly believe that. So um, I love each and every one of you, and, I, and I'm praying for everybody in this country and every country throughout the world, uh, as well as all of our leaders and, and first responders that are just selflessly and just showing that just act of bravery that the, this country was built on. So um, with that being said, let's, uh, you know, get on here for the, for the reason that uh, working this podcast today. And uh, we're going to talk about the 1995 Zanesville Blue Devils, uh, which was one of my favorite teams. Uh, I was able to see them live uh, that year. Uh, they went 26-0. and uh, but there is a uh, there is a uh, side note to that, and we will get into that with our guest today. Uh, this is a team that uh, played in a lot of close games uh, the further along the tournament went. Uh, they didn't have a whole bunch of close games in the regular season, but uh, you know, as the tournament rolled on, district final uh, against Marietta, and then uh, Jackson and uh, Westerville North and Cleveland Heights. Those games were just nip and tuck and down to the final possession. So um, our guest that we're going to bring on today, I, I, he was an integral part of that team to say the least. And I really think you're going to enjoy this conversation uh, that we have together. And uh, so without further ado, let's bring on our guest from the Division One 1995 state champions, Zanesville Blue Devils. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are here with Zanesville Blue Devils legend, Seth Martin. Um, Seth, I'm going to just run down your credentials uh, just in case some of my audience is a little bit younger uh, that may, you know, have not uh, known what you what you did in your career. Uh, Seth was a special mention all state as a sophomore third team as a junior in 1996 and then a first teamer in 97 as a senior I believe you were state runner-up that year or state uh, well you were state runner-up but runner-up to uh, Mr. Basketball Kenny Gregory that year um, you uh, went to Ohio University following that you played there your freshman year uh, averaged about four and a half and three rebounds uh, you were down there with uh, Cambridge's Dustin Ford was down there at the time playing for coach Larry Hunter. Uh, I think you guys were five and 21, maybe that year. Uh, not, not a great season for the Bobcats, but then you, you transferred to play for uh, a man you knew quite well, coach Bill Brown at uh, Cal PA, where you were a three-time first team, all conference performer, two-time all American uh, you ended your career there with 1,459 points, 541 rebounds, and shot 59% from the field. Uh, so Coach Bill Brown was a, was a guy that you knew before going there. Um, so, Seth, after that, you, that was you, you graduated from uh, um, Cal PA in 2002, I believe. Tell the listeners, what, what have you been doing since then? Well, after I, I graduated from, from Cal PA um, – you know, I end up, I was fortunate enough to, to get a contract to play in Australia. Um, from there, I was there for a couple months and realized I, 
had a bum knee, so I had to retire before, uh, you know, before before I was really ready to quit playing basketball. So came back, was working, uh, you know, living in Zanesville, working some some odd jobs, uh, you know, making deliveries and whatnot. And was like, man, what am I doing with my life? And, uh, you know, it's kind of preyed on it and ended up getting a hold of uh, one of my old assistant coaches, Dave Springer at Shippensburg. And at that time he had an opening for me. So went over and uh, coached at Shippensburg University for a year as a part-time assistant, <laughs> making about $7,500, but loved it. <laughs> had a great experience. Uh, was able to coach, you know, a lot of good players. And we had a great season that year. Uh, winning the PSAC and, uh, you know, making it to the NCAA. And it was, it was the first time Shippensburg had uh, done that for, for, you know, had done that for a while. After that, was uh, able to get on uh, at Slippery Rock University as the full-time assistant. And uh, after that, you know, had children starting to be born. So I moved back to Muskingum County and, and coached women's basketball at Muskingum for a couple years. And then I decided, you know what, it's time for me to maybe try to look at getting the, getting into head coaching. So, uh Went back to school, uh, got my teaching certificate done, and I've coached a lot of high school places. And, uh, you know, move, moving around has been, been tough, you know, in some aspects, but it's been good in other aspects because I've met a lot of a lot of good players along the way and have, have been able to hold a lot of relationships with, with former players, uh, you know, along the way as well. So uh, basketball is just something, you know, I've always loved, always want to be a part of, and very fortunate that I've been able to, you know, hopefully help kids not only become better basketball players, but, you know, help them in all aspects of life and, and stay in their lives as well as they grow into adulthood. Well, before we get started, I want to give a, a big thanks to uh, Scott Hennon and Dave Whiting from uh, these guys are different publications now, but they did a lot of your covering of this 1995 team um, with the Zanesville Times recorder. I was able to do a lot of research and great information Thanks to the amazing job that these guys were able to do back then. Uh, well, sure- uh, two, two great guys that are, are still great at what they do. <laughs> yeah, it's just a shame. You know, you can't, you know, the, the stipulations for these guys is so much different and the restrictions and, and deadlines. It just makes it difficult. Uh, but, man, did they do an unbelievable job covering your team and, and so many other teams as well in that area. Now, Seth, before we get into this, I, I, I don't know when I could fit this in, but I, I got to get this cheap plug in for myself before we start. You absolutely will have no recollection of this because you played in so many big games uh, throughout your career there at Zanesville and on into college. But in 1997, your senior year, you came to our building um, at St. Clairsville uh-huh. for, for a regular season game. Now, let me, let me just set the picture for you. Um, myself and a couple other players went with our coach, Coach Kim Clifford, uh, to scout you guys. And we scouted you twice. We scouted you once against Mount Vernon, which was uh, Aaron, Aaron Brown's old, old team. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and, and it, you know, when we saw you guys against them, we obviously knew you were really good. But the next time we scouted you, and you probably know where I'm going with this, we saw you at the coaxial event. Uh, oh. where you beat, uh, I think you went on like a 21-0 run and, and ended up beating Oak Hill Academy. Uh, so when we left there, we had a we had a great reassurance of how that game was going to go when we played you guys, uh, having you guys just knocked off Oak Hill Academy. And then uh, you came into our building, and um, obviously our crowd was pretty pretty excited about you guys coming down. 
Uh, and it was maybe close for seven or eight minutes and then, uh, you know, realization kicked in, but I had to get that cheap plug in there for some of my listeners <laughs> out there that remember you guys coming down that way. And I think you, you, uh, you guys came down that way a couple of times because you played Wheeling Park uh, mm-hmm. later, later in your career. Um, and I don't, I don't know if Coach A took you guys down to the Wheeling shootout uh, when you guys were in high school yet, but I know it's a place he goes now. So you guys were not um, strangers to that area down on the eastern side of the state. You went down there uh, and took care of business a few times. So, uh, but – Let's start with um, the the season leading up to the 95 season. So your 93-94 season, um, you guys are 18-6 and six that year, 15-5 and five in a regular season. But you look at your, your, your losses that year, you lost, uh, I think, four games by four points or less, and then you had the loss to Newark as well. Um, you had seniors on that team, Matt McGee, Jay Spargrove, and Matt mm-hmm. Robinson – um, your season ended that year. You, you defeated uh, tournament runs, started with East Liverpool, a team that seems like you played 100 times. Uh, oh, beat, absolutely. You, you beat them in overtime, then you beat Chillicothe, in a, a pretty close game in the district, and then uh, you ran into a familiar – well, what would become a familiar foe. Uh, Westerville North with uh, Sean Stonerook and Kevin Martin, who end up winning the state championship – um, you guys end up losing to them in the regional semis, 60, 63-60, uh, in a game that you guys led by seven at halftime. What was the feeling like at the end of that season? Because you guys knew you had quite a few guys coming back. Was it like an unfinished business type feeling? Well, what, you know, what I remember from that season is my freshman year is I I started playing uh, JV, then about, about mid-year coached started moving me up to play me some varsity some. And, uh, you know, I was, you know, as a freshman, I, you know, I was, I guess, confident in myself and my abilities. Like, I played a lot of AAU ball. And uh, thankfully my dad had, uh, you know, got me playing AAU early and, and traveling and playing against a lot of the guys that, you know, would end up playing in the, in the tournament time. But um, I was fortunate enough as a freshman, I, you know, I got several minutes in that Liverpool game. Uh, cause it went to overtime, so I was in there. You know, a lot of the end of the fourth quarter in overtime, and then against Chillicothe, um, got some valuable minutes. And then against Westerville North that year, I didn't, I didn't get in that game, and I was so so disappointed because I knew how good they were with with Stone Rook and uh, you know they had Carrad Dunn, Kevin Martin, of course. Uh, you know they were they were a good team. They were like they're a lot like us, where they were just a a great you know a great team that meshed well together, had great coaching. So after that loss, you know, we, we knew we had a lot coming back, uh, you know, the following year. Um, you know, we knew we was going to have some some good senior leadership. Uh, we knew we were going to have some toughness. And we knew we had some young guys coming up. And I remember leading up to that, that uh, you know, that summer we went to Cincinnati team camp. And, uh, you know, we lost in team camp. We would lost uh, Liberty Benton. We had lost to Maslin Jackson. Um, you know, Coach Aaron Holt ended up not even, like, starting me during uh, team camp and, I was like, you know, this, I don't like this. Like what's going on with this? Uh, I took it upon myself that whole, that whole summer of that month of August, I was at the gym every day from eight in the morning till three in the afternoon, just doing lifting weights on my own, shooting on my own, doing strength shoes on my own. Cause I was fortunate enough. My dad was, my dad works for the school. So he let me in and, 
and picked me up when he got off work. But, you know, end up, you know, luckily enough to end up starting from day one, uh, you know, that season going up into our, to our sophomore year. And the coach was a young coach back then. Didn't seem like it then, but he was, uh, what, 34, 35, or 30, you know, between 35, 30, 34, 36, around that young guy. And he just got us believing uh, that we were good enough to compete for a state championship. And we just had the, the right personnel, the right mindset, and the, the right friendship cohesiveness that, that we actually believed it ourselves. Well, it had to have helped to know that, you know, after you lose that game, uh, Stonerook had 22, 17 in the second half. I think he had 18 rebounds in that game your, your freshman year. Um, and then they would go on to beat uh, Eastmore, Cleveland Heights, and Withrow to win the state title. It had to have helped to know that you were that close. I think you guys were like 8 of 16 at the free throw line and still only lose by three. Um, it had to help to know that – you could compete at that level and then watch it and then follow them win the state championship. You had to have known that you guys could be at that level. We did. We definitely believed, definitely believed we could. We did. We had a lot of kids that, uh, you know, played a lot of AAU ball in the, in the summertime. And we were well aware of who the top players, you know, throughout the state of Ohio were. And we thought we had the pieces You know, we had a great point guard in Edwin Young. We had, you know, myself in the post, David Houston, Josh Olinger, who, who was, uh, you know, a great post player as well, who, you know, that year we won it, you know, came back from a devastating knee injury where he missed half the season, but came back and was still able to give, give us valuable minutes. You know, we had Cedric Hall who could handle the ball and was a great on-ball defender, could knock down shots. And then Slade Galloway was uh, just one of the toughest defenders and, you know, one of the best shooters that uh, that ever played with. He was just a, a tough kid. And then we had, you know, of course, Gary Myers coming in, gave us valuable minutes and, uh, Noah Joseph was another one who, you know, was tough, hard nosed, and gave us valuable minutes. So we just had a we had a whole team that year. Nobody, you know, it was one of those things where nobody, uh, you know, got jealous of one another. We all played together as a team, and we all believed in the in one mission. That mission for us that year was to to win the state championship. Now, when you were a freshman, and you know, some of our younger listeners out there don't quite understand this. It was a big deal to be moved up to varsity and in and getting minutes was really almost unheard of unless you were, you know, just absolutely exceptional. So in that time in 95, it's not like it is today where basically if you're pretty solid as a freshman, there's no chance you're going to play freshman ball or JV ball. You're going straight to the varsity to, to help out in any way you can. So, you know, that that was a big deal back then. And then you also mentioned something, young guys, you can look this up. Uh, he mentioned strength shoes. So you guys might want to know what that was. But um, this year, this, this season was, I mean, there were so many stories to this season. Um, and just to kind of give you an overview to the listeners, uh, you guys finished 26-0, your first big school team to finish the year undefeated since 1980. Central Howard did it 28-0. Um, you made your first state tournament appearance in 37 years. And you're uh, so you guys went undefeated in 95 in Division One. This did not happen again until this past season, uh, 2019, where Cincinnati Moeller was able to do that. So, uh, what you guys did was not um, easily attainable. But we'll, we'll get into there is a, there is a, um, a side note to that story, and we'll get into that here in a minute. But, <laughs> 
Uh, and I think you know where I'm going with that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you guys, I mean, this season, you there was really – you only had three games uh, in the regular season decided by 10 points or less, uh, or less than 10 points. Uh, you, you had a two-point game with Lancaster, a one-point game with Lancaster, and then you had a four-point win – over Jerry Snodgrass's Finley team, now the OHSA, uh, <laughs> the, the, the leader of the OHSA was coaching at Finley at the time. Um, you started that year, uh, and I don't know how much you recall about your opener. I'm assuming this was, uh, was this a, like maybe the Pickerington Classic or something? Yes, uh, it, yes it was. <laughs> you, beat, you beat two pretty solid teams. You beat uh, Hilliard at 61-45, and you beat uh, Pickerington 73-63. Pickerington, um, the year before, nearly almost took out Westerville North in the district final. I think it was an overtime game. Mm-hmm. So always, always a solid program. But you start the season with two pretty – I mean, we're talking Hilliard as one school. Um, you know, talk, th- th- this was two heavyweights to open the season up with. Yes, it, it was. You know, it was uh... – <laughs> That's what that was my first uh, my first varsity start, and I was, you know, excited. But uh, you know, Edwin Young and I were were great friends and had played a lot of a lot of ball together in the summer, as well as you know David Houston. We David and I had played together since sixth grade, and while I was, you know, had the the ner- nervousness, you know, getting first varsity start, I was also ready because I'd played played with uh, you know the guys on the team already, and uh, you know we had a confidence, and uh, you know had played against a lot of the guys, you know, from from other schools, he'll get into Pickerington's already in the summer as well. So it was really, you know, those first two games, we were just kind of ready to show what we thought we were made of and, and just kind of get a preview of what we thought our seasons could be like. And, you know, we came out and played two good ball games to start off the season and, uh, you know, knock off two good teams. And that, that was good for us, especially some of our younger guys to, to build our confidence early. And, uh, you know, going into going into our seasons because Coach Aaron Hall definitely did not slack on opponents, uh, you know, through the years. He definitely play, wants to play the best. And we knew we had to, you know, knock off two quality opponents to, to get our season going in the right direction. So you mentioned you lose uh, senior Josh Olinger to uh, what a, I'm assuming initially was thought to be a season-ending knee injury against Newark. Uh, but as you mentioned, he did return. What, what, when he went down with that injury, was it first thought that this that was it for him? Oh, it was. You know, we thought he was probably going to be done for the year. And we thought if he did come back, it was going to be something that was probably rushed and that he wouldn't be able to, you know, wouldn't be able to play like the, the Josh Olinger that we knew. But he came back for senior night against Cambridge and, you know, had a good game and uh, – you know, credit to Josh. He kept a positive attitude and, and was a great teammate, even though he wasn't able to play for half of that season. And when he came back, it, it was just like he never left. He was he was able to come in. It was a different role than what he had, but he accepted that role. And the only thing that mattered to him was getting a W at the end, you know, end of the game. And you know, that's that's why that '95 team was so good, is because that was our main goal was to win no matter what. So let's talk about. February 3rd, you're in a battle with Jack Greathouse's Lancaster Golden Gales at their place. Uh, they were nine and six on the year at the time, uh, but they played you tough at your place. Uh, like I had said, I think it was a two point game that you beat them. Uh-huh. Um, you go, 
your team goes two of six from the free throw line in the final 42 seconds of this game. And you end up losing this game in double over or in, in overtime, I believe to Lancaster. Talk to me about what, what happened in this game. And then how does this, how does this loss get erased? We, you know, it, it hurt. <laughs> if I remember correctly, we only had a, a few days before we knew it was, uh, you know, ended up being a forfeit or whatnot. And, uh, you know, it was just one of those things where we've got to take this loss with pride and take it with dignity, dignity, even though to be honest with you, they hit a three to tie it. That was after the buzzer, <laughs> but that's what you played. You know, you played at school at Lancaster and North. <laughs> you need to get some home cooking, but, uh, you know, coach Greathouse always thought he was one of the best coaches in the state, always well-prepared. They good, you know, they had good, very good players. And I was friends with uh, Ben Freer that was on their team. He was the one who hit, actually hit the three, but, um, you know, it's one of those things where we just had to learn from it. And we can, in our minds, yeah, we, we did. We got beat. You know, it was fortunate. We, we got the win off of a forfeit. But in our minds, we got beat. We had to learn from it. And uh, it helped us become hungrier as the year went on. And, and it definitely prepared us for the tournament run. Yeah, you mentioned Ben. He had a, he had a, a big night that night. Uh, ends up with 19. And, and uh, I was able to watch that game. Um, somebody uh, had posted that game online and, and they, they, for being nine and six. And again, there were so many good teams back then. Uh, they, they had a lot of size. Uh, yes, they did. Just big, just big, big, strong kids. I think Kyle Benny was on that team. Yep. Uh, yeah. They were just, they were just tough kids. And, and, you know, like you said, with the, the, the schedule that coach Aaron Hall puts together, if you're not ready to go every single night and not on top of your game, I mean, you know, there's so many good teams on that schedule that you can, you can slip up against. And and that just happened to be one of those nights. And I guess knowing that you are an extreme competitor in your mind, you know, when you guys found out you you won that game in in the four foot fashion, did, did you guys still think in the back of your mind, you know, we, we lost that game and we're going to use that as, as motivation moving forward. Oh, absolutely. We did. I mean, you know, the game was played. It's just like, you know, it's just like any team now in college that might get their, you know, title stripped away or something They you know, they won the game on the floor, but for us, it was fortunate that we still, you know, got to be undefeated per se, but it definitely crushed us, especially because at that time, you know, Lancaster and Zanesville was, to me, that was the biggest rivalry. We we respected each other off the court, but we hated each other on the court. It definitely did have some friendships that are still, you know, still long-lasting friendships. But it was it was kind of like when you watch the old uh, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird. They just had a respect for each other, but they loved to compete against each other. It's always going to be a, a tough game and a battle no matter what. So we definitely, you know, got together as a team and uh, knew that we need to pick up our game a little bit to – you know, to finish the season off right and get ready for the tournament. And that, that I, I think uh, if we don't lose that game, I'm not sure that we, that we win that year. I'm not sure we, you know, keep our heads level like we did and are able to, to you know, keep competing at a high level and, and beat teams in close games. So we definitely had a lot of close games during our tournament run. Yeah, lost in the fact you, you ended up with 28 points and 13 rebounds that night and Edwin ended up with 24-20 coming in the second half. But – um, like you said, it, it wasn't enough that night, but 
you had very little time to, um, you know, think about that loss because the next night you were on the road at Marion Harding, uh, a team that had beat Westerville North that year. Um, and Orlando Rogers had 28 points that night, but you held them to uh, 37 points as a team. So there were there was no time for sulking. You had to turn right around and go back on the road again the next night. Uh, you know, that's one thing AAU helps out with. If you if you know if you play if you're playing a good brand of AAU ball, if you lose, you're right back. You got to play. One thing that's about tournament play. And- I think that's the, a lot of us that have played. We, we lost, but, hey, loss is a loss. We knew we had to build from it. We knew how to, we had to stick together. And we knew the team and Marion Harding coming that did have a great player in, in Orlando Rogers. so we knew we had to be ready to play. So you guys end the regular season uh, at 20-0, and 0, the eight final. And the AP polls, for those of you guys, it, it was like – it was like the, you know, it was the thing back because you didn't have social media, you didn't have internet. So the AP poll was the gospel, you know, back then, and you used that as fuel. Um, and the final AP polls, Cleveland Heights, uh, a team that you would uh, meet up with later, uh, finishes number one. You guys finish number three. And then a team that you would see shortly finish number four was East Liverpool. Uh, Springfield North was five, uh, and they ended up in the state tournament as well. Westerville North, uh, who you'd see at the state tournament, was number seven. And then you guys in your tournament run also played 13, 14, and 17, which was Jackson, Warren Harding, and Marietta. So, um, you know, that was a rare year where four out of the top seven teams uh, were in Columbus for the state tournament that year. Yeah, and, you know, I always say I always felt bad for East Liverpool because – we didn't play them in the district. We played them in the sectional, and they were always a top a top five team. Every year we played them, and they were always battles. And you know, they were one of those teams that nobody will ever know how good they really were because, unfortunately, we we had to battle them. You know, usually the second game of the tournament, and uh, you know, that was a great rivalry as well. But you know, we we did. It's like we had to play that that run every every tournament game. We had a uh, you know, a big-time player, a big-time team we had to go against, but we believed in each other. We believed in Coach A. We believed in the, the system that he uh, that he taught to us and brought to us. And, uh, you know, just one of those things where we came together as a team and we, we bonded together. And we, we, we went in every game thinking and knowing that we were going to win the basketball game. So let's uh, looking at some of the main characters uh, into the, these get these games that we're going to be talking about. You're, th- you're talking about uh, guys that will be mentioned. It'll be, you know, Damon Stringer, uh, who was Mr. Basketball that year, Division One Player of the Year. Sean Stonerook, first teamer. Jamie Bosley was a first teamer. Uh, Edwin Young, who you mentioned, was second team. Ryan Robinson, as a kid, you played uh, against Marietta, who was a third teamer. Anson Wiggins uh, at East Liverpool was also a third teamer. And then um, East Liverpool had two special mention Ohio guys, Rob Walgate and Steve Flores, uh, who you'd have many battles with. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then you and Slade uh, Galloway were special mention uh, All-State as well. So this sectional final, this is not your normal sectional final here. This is big, big boy basketball. Um, I was actually at this game, uh, old St. John Arena in Steubenville, uh, sitting in the end zone seats uh, way up above. 
Um, old St. John Arena at Steubenville was an interesting place. Oh, yeah. Uh, and <laughs> think about think about this. How many times in today's game do you get a battle between the number three and number four team in the state of Ohio in a sectional final? Right. <laughs> never. I mean, never. That's why I said I felt so bad for East Liverpool because, it was, you know, there's also – Ended up being a rivalry and the you know, and the foreign friendships through that and the you know they were very well coached along with us they had great size great players and uh, it was just for for that to be a sectional final game the magnitude of that game you know was was, was crazy and you mentioned the old St John's Arena and uh, Steubenville what a what a great atmosphere that was to you know to be able to play a sectional final in. Yeah, there was just certain spots on the floor though you couldn't dribble because the <laughs> floor was dead right there. So you had to you had to kind of watch where you're dribbling on that floor. But it was it was a when that place was packed, it was a great and it was that night for sure. Uh, it was a great place to play. And East Liverpool come out guns blazing in that game, uh, if I remember correctly. I think they actually had the lead after one quarter before you guys started getting things rolling in the second quarter. Um, you had a 37-27 lead at half. You extended it to 49-33. Uh, early in the third, you had seven quick points there. Um, and then they cut it to 10. And late in the fourth quarter of this game, I want to say maybe 30, around 30 seconds to go, I think it's a five-point game. You get a technical. Do you remember this? Oh, man. I'm trying to think – and I don't know, I don't know what the technical was for. Uh, you know, I know, I know you got one maybe the next game for hanging on the rim. Uh huh. I remember that one. Uh, I can't you, I'm trying to think if I remember the liver. It might have been. I remember maybe I got fouled. Maybe said and one got in somebody's face. I can't remember if that was that game or <laughs> or so, or another game against Liverpool. <laughs> now you like for the listeners out there, you you were a very if I remember correctly, you were a very emotional player. Um, Coach Aaron Hall used to call me Mr. Hyde because I, in school I was very quiet, <laughs> kept to myself, uh, very laid back. But for some reason, basketball brought out brought brought out I guess the beast in me. He used to say, <laughs> "So I played on you know I did I played on emotion. Uh, definitely uh, tried to play hyped up because that brought out the best in me and." Brought the best in, in my teammates as well to you know just that, that was how I kind of be emotional and, and get everybody hyped up. Yeah, and I think I think you know that emotion that you played with was obviously uh, nine times out of ten more of a positive because a lot of times it allowed you to compete uh, at a high level against some really talented guys. I mean, you you went up against guys that you know went on to play. Uh, high major college basketball and you you were right your numbers were right there with those guys in those games it, it did um you know I, you know I was lucky enough that my dad did take me you know like I said a long a lot of AAU trips we played basketball every every single week and we were traveling somewhere and just playing against you know great competition not only in the state but you know throughout throughout the nation and it was able to give me confidence I was able to see how I had to play and and learn different ways to play because you know, guys like like a Sean Stonerook, uh, you know, Damon Stranger, guys, other guys from high, like Theo Dixon. Those guys are definitely, you know, superior athletes, but 
you know, you play against guys like that. You, you got to figure out different ways to score and different ways to compete. And that's kind of what I, what I did and what I used, you know, you know, traveling, playing, trying to find different ways to score against guys that maybe were, you know, better athletically than, than I was. And I think that's what made us good as a team is we had a bunch of guys like that, that just played a lot of basketball against older people, maybe people that was more athletic. And we found, we found ways to compete and, and ways to, to make it to where we could, you know, out, you know, kind of outsmart players and uh, and come together as a team more than more than a lot of those teams could. And Seth, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that playing against, you know, and you're not talking about like things that are set up for you. You're talking going out and playing against older guys uh, that are more they're stronger, more athletic, and learning how to play and learning how to to play at a high level against guys like that. I always marveled at the of how you, you used your footwork. Uh, I thought you did a great job of using your body to create space to get your shot off inside. But I don't think what a lot of people didn't know is I think you probably could have faced up and, and played at that 15 to 17 foot mark a little bit more. Um, and I think you probably would in today's game. And I think you had that in your game, right? I did. That's what – um. You know, playing AAU ball, I actually played – a lot of people don't know. I actually played the three and, and shot from outside a lot more. And then, you know, back in – at that time, if you were, you know, six, six five to six seven, you were, you were going to be in the post. And uh, I was blessed blessed to be able to have good footwork, blessed to have an older brother who, who wasn't easy on me and made me, uh, you know, made me have to find ways to try to score on him or, you know, or he'd, he'd beat up on me. I had to find ways to not get beat up on so – so much, uh, you know, always going to the the gym with my dad and, and going against older people and had to find ways to score. So had to work on footwork all the time and different angles on the on the backboard to try to get my, you know, try to get pot off. But, um, you know, at, at that time, you got to, you know, you got to accept your role. That's what coach needed me to do. He needed me to be a, a post player for him and, and score inside. But, you know, when we got against teams that were bigger, go outside and, and knock down some some jump shots if need be, especially like the Oak Hill game because they had two, two 6'11 guys inside and wasn't getting my shot off inside. <laughs> so you guys end up beating East Liverpool 79-68 to move on. Edwin had a, a monster game, 28 points, eight assists, five rebounds. You had 20 and 10, and Cedric uh, Hall had 14. Um for them, uh, a kid that I thought was absolutely underrated, and he had a he had a great game against you guys. I think the next year as well, ninety six. Josh Martin, uh, he finished with twenty three points and seventeen rebounds. Anson Wigan eighteen, and Steve Flores ten. Can you talk a little bit about jo- Josh Martin? Was one of the more underrated guys. Oh yeah, he was. He's my long lost cousin. No, I'm just. Joke about that a little bit, but you know he's one of those guys as you know he's about six five and he was just a workhorse. Uh, another guy you could tell played a lot of basketball, you know, growing up in East Liverpool, and was kind of the the leader of that team. He was an upper, you know, he was a a year or so ahead of uh, Flores and and Van Sickle and those guys, and uh, he was just tough, knew how to score, you know, ran the floor well, and was strong kid like all the all the East Liverpool kids were back then but he definitely was and he ended up going to uh I think he ended up going to Tiffin for college and had a you know he had a good career there so you guys uh go to the district final which is a, a one game deal and you get Marietta now 
I'm assuming Coach Aaron Holt knew this was going to be a tough game. Uh, you guys maybe as well. I don't know. But I think maybe the feel outside of the program was that you, you were going to walk through this game. And it ends up you end up winning 54 to 47. Um, Marietta was playing in their first district uh, since 1988. So it had been a while since they'd been to the district. They were coached by Tim Tolsta. And they had a little guard that was a pretty good player, Ryan mm-hmm. Robinson. And they had a kid, they had Tim Heslip, that was pretty good. Um, they had also started a uh, six seven freshman named Jay, Joe mm-hmm. Vukovic, um, who uh, would go on to be a pretty good player there. I think you guys would battle with them um, more than just this game. Uh, I think they didn't they they played in your they played, uh, tip yeah off they played classic. in our tip of classic the uh, the following year I believe it was. Yeah, so Joe has a pretty good game that night. He has 14, and uh, he cut your lead there to 33-32 with 318 left in the third. Um, and I said, mentioned you, and you said uh, you weren't quite sure about it. You end up getting a T for hanging on the rim uh, in this game. And Coach Erholt, um, I guess in the only way he could in the in the times recorder, said something to the effect of that this won't we won't be getting any more T's. Um, so I'm, I'm assuming you knew what that meant. Um, but this game was, uh, this game was pretty tight. Was this something inside the program that you expected or was it, you know, maybe looking ahead? I think a little bit of both. I think, um, I think we definitely thought, you know, we were a better team, but we also knew that, um, we knew they were going to battle us. Anytime you get to the district, you're going to go against a team that has some players one way or the other. And, uh, you know, the way the way we practiced, the way we always prepared, we were prepared to you – the know, coach always taught us, you know, keep the same demeanor, whether we're plus 10, minus 10. Now it's kind of the, you know, the point spread we always looked at. We all, you know, never get too high, never get too low. Um, but we knew they had great players. We knew they were well coached. We knew, you know, it, it was probably going to be a game like a – like a Lancaster game or a, or a Finley game where it was going to be low possession and low scoring. But we, you know, we believed that we was going to make enough defensive stops to, to always win the game, no matter what. And this game, correct me if I'm wrong. Was this game at the convocation? Yes, center? It, it was. Uh-huh. Okay. So you guys get by this game. Uh, like I said, 54, 47, uh, Cedric Call comes up big uh, in the fourth quarter of this game to help you guys back to the regional for uh, another year uh, in regional play. This time, last in '94, uh, it was in um, the fairgrounds, mm-hmm. uh, and then and then this year you guys end up going to the Canton Civic Center, uh, so you wouldn't have to deal with the Columbus Fairgrounds this year, <laughs> uh, and you would get. Uh, Maslin Jackson, uh, basically, so Maslin Jackson, just to kind of let you know, uh, was a state semifinalist in 94. They, they lost a Withrow. Uh, and basically, this game was played in front of a sellout crowd, Jackson's backyard, uh, 4,550 at the Canton Civic Center, according to the Zanesville Times recorder here. Um, this was basically a pseudo home game for Jackson. It was, and uh, like I said earlier, they, they had beat us in the summertime in the Cincinnati team camp. Uh, so we, we knew the players that they had, and obviously Jamie Bosley, there wasn't too many, might have been better better players than him, but wasn't too many stronger players than him at that time. 
and obviously he was a great, you know, he was a great player in his, his own right. But um, that was just one of those games where, again, low scoring game, low possession game, and just like a heavyweight, <laughs> heavyweight title match. And uh, one of the, you know, it's, it goes down as probably one of the top five games uh, ever been in during, during high school. And uh, I don't think too many people gave us a chance except for the people in our locker room. And uh, we just believed in each other. And uh, I remember Bosley had a shot at the end there that I, I can't remember if it was tied or, or won it, but luckily it hit the front of the rim and we were fortunate enough to get out of there with the, with the win in their backyard. But what a great, you know, what a great atmosphere that was and a great confidence builder for us as well. Yeah. Coach Aaron Holt had mentioned uh, in the times recorder that uh, he wholeheartedly believed that Maslin Jackson was, was playing as good a basketball as anybody and could win a state title. But he also, you know, believed that you guys were doing the same. So, and I think that kind of just goes to show you why the game ended up playing out like it did and, and down to that final possession. So I'm fast forward here. Matt Teal uh, gave Jackson a 41-40 lead with three minutes to go in the game. Uh, but you guys were able to overcome that and get the lead. And as you mentioned, Edwin uh, gets a, a big stop. He kind of walled up there on, uh, on Bosley uh, as he was kind of – Watching the video kind of looked like he, had, he he caused him to fade back a little mm-hmm. bit, kind of thrown off thrown off the trajectory of his shot. Which, but you guys always did a great job of, of making it tough uh, in the paint to score with with your help side and your team defense was was so was so sound. Um, and, and they had to have known it was going to be difficult. I'm sure, and you know, you guys knew that he was probably going to take the shot, um, but. That sealed the victory. Uh, Bosley did finish the game with 26, but 18 of those were in the first half. So you guys really kind of clamped down on him um, there in the second half. It looks like you guys made it a lot more difficult on him. And I thought it was funny. Aaron Hall had said that something to the effect that Cedric Hall must have been guarding Bosley. And he said that, you know, we had to figure something else out because he was just blowing by him, uh, which – you know, if you know Cedric, I mean, he was an unbelievable offender. So that yeah. kind of shows you, you know, how good Bosley was. But he was a unique player because they don't really make guys – players aren't really like him anymore. Yeah. Just, you know, he was strong, and he, but he played inside. Yeah. Uh, really, you know, he did a lot of his damage inside. He did. He was, he was a capable shooter, but he was just so strong inside. I mean, talking about a guy that was 6'1 at, at best and just could, could muscle his way in there and – you know, he had good footwork inside. He was like, you know, Gene, Coach Gene Ford, how he was a post player when he played in Muskingum. I imagine that's how how uh, how he was as a player, kind of like Jamie Bosling. You just score on people from from different places on the court. Yeah, and it's interesting. This started a run uh, where you guys would face, face three of Ohio State's uh, recruiting class that year in a matter of four games. Um, and ironically, I, I don't believe that any of those guys finished at Ohio State. I think they all ended up transferring to a different school, but they, they all started there. Uh, and you, in that game, you ended up uh, 17 points, nine rebounds. So you had a nice night there. Edwin had nine, and uh, Slade Galloway had nine, Cedric five, and David Houston five. But you get con- contributions from other guys uh, that just do a lot of the dirty work on this team. But 
you know, Slade Galloway is a guy I loved his game. You you mentioned him earlier. Uh, he's just a tough kid. Uh, you know, could knock down shots. But correct me if I'm wrong. Is Slade an optometrist? Now? He is. He's actually mine. He's actually mine. <laughs> <laughs> so is is he good? Is he any good? Is he? Oh, good he's the he's. <laughs> okay. All right. So yeah, that, that's uh, so. So he went on. So so was he the brains of that 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 operation? I don't know if he was the brains of it, but <laughs> no, we that's a good. He he was one of them. But uh, Oliger and Houston, pretty they're pretty smart guys in their own right as well. But uh, Slade was definitely uh, yeah. just uh, Slade was a junkyard dog. He was going to get after it defensively and be tough, and he you know he never scared to knock down a big shot when we needed it. And then Edwin, uh, I think I ran into Edwin, uh, it's been maybe a couple of years ago, and I, I didn't recognize it was him at first. He was wearing the black and white stripes, <laughs> so he, he he went over to the dark side, uh, and he had a muscle, yep. <laughs> I think, which I think is why I didn't recognize it. But Edwin it was uh, was doing some refereeing, and I think he yes, still he, is. Yes, he is. He's a uh... – he was a state farm over in, uh, I think, Cincinnati, I believe. But yeah, he's repping some big-time games. So he's missing out on some games right now for March Madness, unfortunately. Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those things. You're looking at the guy and you're like, that guy looks familiar. But you don't ever think, okay, this guy, you know, he was a, a fantastic state Mr. Basketball runner-up. And here he is repping, repping a basketball game now. But, yeah, so – Edwin Young, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, is, a, is a referee now. Uh, Slade Galloway is an optometrist. Uh, what is David and, uh, and Josh doing now? Josh is – I think he's in the Carolinas. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure what he does, but he's in one of the Carolinas. David's in Cincinnati. Um, we're at, we actually would have all been meeting uh, tomorrow for the state tournament. They were going to uh, – you know, they're having our team out for the – 25th year reunion uh but unfortunately you know with the coronavirus uh you know obviously all that stuff got canceled but we were all looking forward to getting to each other we've actually been texting back and forth the last couple weeks getting ready for but you know we're hoping everything is cleared up soon so we can still try to get together in the the summertime because it was something all of us were looking forward to yeah it seemed like you know looking back on a lot of that stuff it seemed like you guys were quite the uh entertaining bunch um I know Josh Olinger claims that he was the the best dressed of, of of the team of that class. I think he was wearing the the plaid shirt tucked into the blue jeans, which was a which was a great look back yeah. in the mid nineties. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you guys, you guys, so you get by a, a very difficult game, and then now you have a totally different you know matchup with Warren Harding. Uh, you're playing in your first regional final since 1989. Uh, 89, you guys beat Mount Vernon before losing uh, 75-63 to Jimmy Jackson's Toledo McComber team that went on to win the state that year. Um, but you guys, it seemed like the reporters up in the area of, of Warren uh, were kind of questioning whether your team could play an up-tempo game uh, with Vanessa Provitt and, and the Warren Harding Raiders. But I think you guys answered that pretty emphatically. You know, that's the thing. I think a lot of people early on kind of underestimated our athleticism. Um, you know, just the style of play. I always said Coach Aaron Holt was more like a Jim Trestle to where it was – we had a brand of basketball that we played and uh, 
we, we believed in it. And uh, that's the way we played it. Sometimes it wasn't the most, I guess, most fun because we didn't get up and press. We didn't, you know, run and gun. But we had the athletes that we, we could have done that. But you go against a team like a, a Warren Harding and, a, you know, Cleveland Heights and, and those teams, you better be able to sit down and play some half-court defense and run some half-court offense. And that's what Coach always stressed to us is it's, it's more than just, you know, beating a, a team that you're, you know, might be better than by 40 because you press them. You got to be ready to play against the good teams and be able to play in the half court a little bit. But, um, you know, that Warren Harding game was one where they had some good athletes, like you mentioned. But, uh, you know, in the fourth quarter, we were, we were able to get some stops and get out and run and uh, put up some points that game and was able to run away with that game a little bit. Was this a game – because the, the the final was 81-63. Was this a game – I mean, was this game pretty tight for three quarters or how did this game play out? It was. It was def- It was a tight game. And then we just – we pulled we pulled away late, pulled away in the fourth quarter and just kept it going and, you know, took all the took all their steam from them. So, you guys, uh, you make your first uh, – Zanesville makes its first state tournament with the victory over Warren Harding since uh, Wayne – Ashball's team in 1958, uh, who lost to Cleveland East Tech 53-47 that year. So 37 years had passed, uh, and Zanesville is back at the state tournament. A um, couple things leading up to the tournament, you know, Coach Aaron Holt, uh, he he won a state title as a player, um, Class A state championship in 75 at Riverview under Walt Harrop. Um Aaron Holt, like I said, was a freshman on that team. So was Coach Aaron Holt able, like, you know, obviously 20 years have passed between the time he was there as a player and a coach. Was he able to provide any advice in regards to the experience uh, he had as a player? Uh, And at the time, he was only in his fifth year as your head coach. So he was still a young guy. Uh, What what was he able to relay to you guys? You know, because part of the state tournament – that you can't, you know, prepare for is just everything that goes along with it leading up to the games. You know, I think what was fortunate for us, we had played in a lot of big games and a lot of bigger, you know, a lot of big arenas. Uh, you know, you'd mentioned you know, St. John Arena in Steubenville and the Canton Civic Center. We were able to play with big crowds. What, what Coach Aaron Holt brought to us was he was a young guy. We saw him playing open gyms. And he probably would at that time probably been the best player on our team. He could still play. He could still play a little bit. So it was one of those things where we knew coach was a good player. So therefore we knew it. We knew he was a good coach as well. And uh, we, we believed in him. We, we saw his hard work he put in preparing us. We saw his hard work, you know, off the, off the court as well. And uh, it's one of those things where we, uh, we believed in everything coach said, we, you know, and he, he believed in us and, gave us the confidence to believe in each other. Um, I do remember, you know, going through the national anthem of that uh, semifinal game against Westville North and just looking up and seeing a, a packed house at St. John Arena. And that was the first time I think my, my stomach overturned of nerves. That was, <laughs> that was something I don't think anybody can help you with is, is looking up and seeing all the, the fans at a game like that and a game of that magnitude is something I don't think anybody – talking to you, whatever can even help prepare you for. <laughs> so, you know, Coach Aaron Hall uh, wasn't the only one that had state tournament appearance. Slade Galloway's father played in the uh, 71 state tournament for Maysville, a team that lost a Warren champion that year in the state semis. 
Slade's father had 14 points in that game. So he had some experience to pass along to, to, to Slade as well, and maybe the rest of the guys. But the the, the week took a, a, a tragic turn uh, leading up. On Tuesday night, you guys have your, your pep rally for the community. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, following the pep rally, one of your uh, Weldon Wendy Winland uh, w- would pass away from a heart attack following a pep rally. And he was one of your, uh, like the, I'm assuming like the founding fathers of the Zanesville athletic boosters. And, and this hit the whole community pretty hard. It, it did. Wendy Winland was, he was biggest blue devil there ever was. And uh, our biggest fan led, led the cheering section all the time. Um, it, it was tragic, you know, something was tragic and that was something that we, we took hard. Um, we definitely wanted to play the final four for him. I know we had a seat seat waiting for him at St. John's and we definitely wanted to play as hard as we could for, for Winley Winland those, those last two games that we had. So, you know, taking those, those heavy hearts into to St. John arena, things have kind of come full circle as a team as you, you're knocked out um, a year. The team that knocks you out a year ago stands in the way of a spot in Saturday's title game. So you got Westerville North. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, they beat you in the regional semis, 63-60, uh, in a game you led by seven and a half uh, the previous year. And Coach Aaron Halt had a, a great quote um, in the paper uh, on March 24th of 1995 in the recorder. He said, um, some teams go up to the state to participate and others go to win. We won't be happy unless we can win it. And, and I love that because I think that's kind of the, 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 the chip on your shoulder, the attitude that you guys kind of took into those two games up there. We, we definitely did. And that's something Coach preached at practice to us that, you know, that year. Um, you know, I think we had T-shirts that year made early on that said the – the road to the state goes through Zanesville. And uh, we truly believe that. And, uh, you know, obviously it had been a great season no matter what, but in our minds that year, it wasn't a, a great season unless we won the state championship. And we just felt we worked too hard. We came too, you know, too far together. We worked too hard uh, in off-season workouts, in-season workouts that anything but win the state would have been, been a letdown for us. And, we wanted to send our, our seniors off on a, a good note and, and with the leadership that they showed us. And uh, we wanted to surprise some people. We knew coming in, uh, Westwood North obviously had Stone Rook and some some other great players like Kevin Martin, uh, you know, Karad Dunn. And, you know, they had some young kids like Matt Miller as well coming up in the, the ranks as well. But um, we knew it was going to be a battle. And, uh, you know, it was. It was another, another great game that had a lot of, back and forth leads and, uh, you know, a lot of defensive stops, a lot of big shots in that game, and just a great, great atmosphere, uh, you know, for a semifinal in the state tournament. One of my other favorite quotes leading up to this is, is somebody on the Zanesville team was quoted as saying, I want Stone Rook. Do you, do you have any, you have any <laughs> idea who that was? Oh, the a, a, Little smart Alex sophomore, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, lo- love the confidence you you, uh, you you were ready and willing to take on Sean Stonerook, uh, who uh, came into the game averaging 21 and a half 
12 rebounds. He was an Ohio State signee. Uh, Sean would go on to have a unbelievable career overseas. Uh, he, he's a legend over in those parts where he played. Um, mm-hmm. Looks, he looks, uh, doesn't look quite like he did in those days. He's, he has the, <laughs> he has the wild hair now, but you know, back then it was, it was short, but uh, he doesn't uh, look like that anymore. Uh, but great career nonetheless um, overseas for him. Uh, this game, as you mentioned, uh, was played on March 24th, 1995, in front of a sellout uh, crowd of 13,276 at St. John Arena at Ohio State. And according to most, this the talk of the tournament, uh, this game was the talk of the tournament throughout the week leading up to the game. People were pretty excited about this game. Uh, Westerville North had lost three games, but, uh, you know, they lost to Marion Harding and Hilliard, and then they also lost to Brookhaven. Uh, and you played two of those teams, and I'm pretty sure that you scrimmaged Brookhaven that year. So, you know, did that, did. Did that give you guys any confidence heading into this game, or was that a non-factor that you, you know you had already beaten two teams that had beaten them? You know what? I, I don't even recall if we, we really uh, talked about that too much. Um we were so focused on Coach Aaron Holt's game plan and just, uh, you know, we knew we were going to play great, great team defense. We knew we was going to have to rebound and uh, we knew we was going to have to make plays. Uh, you know, we was going to make some plays on offense and just play together as a team. And, uh, you know, comes down to keeping our composure. We knew there was going to be some lead changes and be a tight game. And uh, we were just focused that game. Um, you know, when it comes, comes down to it and you get to the final four, we knew it didn't matter, uh, you know, any like opponents that we had. And we knew the only thing that mattered is if we played as hard as we could and, and the best that we could. And we, we actually, you know, we believed that we could come up on top. And we thought, <laughs> we thought we were, we thought in our minds that we were the best team left in the, in the state that year in the final four. So in this game, and, and I know as coach Aaron Hall, what he said after the game, but uh, sometimes that's coach speak. So you guys get down, they come out and throw a haymaker right off the start. You're down 16 to four to start this game. Uh, and this wasn't a usual spot for you guys to be in. What, what was, what was the thoughts? Like, you know, you're, you're down 12, you're in front of this huge crowd. Uh, what were the thoughts going through your mind at, at this point in time where you guys are, you're down 12 points right off the, right off the jump. You know, we we uh we got hit in the mouth. <laughs> we did. We we knew we had to. I think I had a couple uh, fouls early. Um, they were coming out firing on all cylinders, and we just knew we had to come together. We knew we had to huddle up as a team and and, and just kind of relax a little bit. You know, like I said, it was the looking up in that stands. It was very very nerve wracking. I know we were we were a little bit uh, intimidated. Westerville had been there before. They had been, you know, they had been in the final four the year before. So we just needed to calm down. We knew, uh, you know, coaches said, we just got to get stops on defense, guys. We get, you know, three stops, three scores. We're back into it. Um, and that's what we believed. And that's what we started doing. We started getting consecutive stops and consecutive scores and, you know, winning our way back into the game. And once we, you know, once we were able to get it, get it close and take a lead, it was the nerves were gone. And, and then it was just, it was just time to play basketball. Yeah, and, and uh, for guys that have been attending the state tournament recently, you know, at the Value City Arena, doesn't quite have the atmosphere that old St. John Arena did 
for those games. I mean, it was it was rowdy. It was loud uh, in that old building, and uh, it, it was a lot of fun uh, to to watch oh, yeah. those games in there. But you guys quickly erased that deficit. You took a twenty two twenty lead with three fifty four to play in the half, uh, and, and kind of settled in there. But uh, you guys trailed again in the third, 36-31. Uh, but then as the uh, quarter is closing there, the third quarter, Dave Whiting uh, from the TR calls it a 30-footer from you to beat the third quarter buzzer, uh, giving you guys a 38 or 39-38 leading into the final frame. And I don't know if you remember or not, and you may have this, I don't know, there was a picture of you holding up your arms in the paper after you had made that shot. And I think it was your first three of the year. Do you remember that? I do. I, do. I remember that. I, just, I remember that shot. Was Noah Joseph had got a big steal and had th- threw it up to me and uh, had to, had to launch it. <laughs> so yep, yeah, great time to knock down your first three of the year um, to close the quarter there. Uh, but you guys weren't out of the out of the mud yet because you would pick up back to back fouls with 6:43 to play, uh, and, and Stone Rook would go to work with you out of the game, and you guys trailed uh, 47-44 with 2:45 to play, uh, but you scored the game's final four points, um, and it wasn't easy. Uh, Olinger missed the front end of a th- of a of a one and one, and Edwin missed the front end of a one and one, which uh, set up uh, Stone Rook with a chance to win it. And it was an interesting play. Uh, Josh did a really good job of walling up on Stone Rook where he had made him kind of take a uh, kind of up and under shot. But now Galloway, Galloway admitted in the paper that he got uh, Stone Rook on the wrist um, while, you know, Oligar's holding his ground, but Slade had mentioned that, Hey, I did. I got him on the wrist, but Stone Rook said, you know, he wasn't upset because uh, he said he got away with something very similar the year before against Cincinnati Withrow uh, in their state championship game. And, you know, th- those things happen. But uh, do you remember that play with, with Stone Rook uh, there at the end? I do, just because I've, you know, w- had watched it several times. But yeah, I do remember the play. And it's one of those things where it's like, oh, my goodness. Big chance, their best player with the ball at the end of the game, and we were, we were fortunate enough that just like the Bosley shot, it, it fell a little bit short. But I also remember Slade saying that he fouled him pretty good too on his wrist. But you know, Stone Rook was a great Stone obviously was a great player then. He's uh, had a great he said in, in Italy, and uh, just a, a great person and uh, a great uh, you know he's been a great representative of of Ohio as far as you know basketball goes and stuff and. Well, we were fortunate that that, that shot fell, fell short for us that day. So you guys, you guys do it. You, you get to the state finals. Uh, again, this wouldn't be the, the last time you see uh, Westerville North. You would see them again, uh, unfortunately, in 96. Um, but you guys, you get to the state final. Uh, and obviously in Division One, when you get to the state final, there's going to be a there's going to be a, a Goliath uh, waiting on the other side. And uh, you get Cleveland Heights, who's in their third straight state tournament. Uh, they were riding a 25-game winning streak after uh, they dropped their season opener to Cleveland 
St. Joe's that year, 71-67. St. Joe's would win the D2 state championship in 95. Uh, Coach Jim Capaletti's squad, 82 points per game. Uh, they featured the Division I Player of the Year and Mr. Basketball, future Ohio State Buckeye Damon Stringer. Uh, it would be the third future Buckeye you guys played in, in four games. Um, and I don't know how much of this you saw, if any of it, but Cleveland Heights was down 17 points uh, in their semifinal game to Eddie Ford's Springfield North team before coming back to win that game. Did you guys get a chance to see Cleveland Heights um, we, in, we in the semi? We did. We watched, I think we, if I remember correctly, we watched about the first half of it. And then we went ahead and headed back uh, home. I think, I think, and I think the coaches stayed for the rest of it. I believe, and we had known that uh, you know Springfield North had a big lead. But when you got Damon String on your team, no big, no, no leads ever enough. And yes, and that's a great segue because you guys, you guys quickly found that out uh, less than twenty four hours later. So along with Stringer, the, the, the Tigers featured a, a vaunted lineup. Uh, junior Jeremy Holmes, um, seniors Keith Allen, who was a Benedictine transfer, Larry Moore, and then they had uh, the super sophomore there, Theo Dixon, who was coming off a 24.17 rebound performance in their regional final win over Euclid. And then he had 21 points in Friday's victory over Springfield North. Uh, and this uh, certainly would not be the last time you and uh, Mr. Dixon would uh, would square off in your careers. You would see them two times, uh, I believe, your senior year in '97. Yes, we did, and we, uh, you know, we was able. We saw each other several times, you know, throughout the summer too. Mm -hmm. That that state championship game just it created a nice a nice friendly rivalry between between some of us and, and some of them. That uh, you know, we, we play each other a lot during the summertime, and then. When we got on the court, it was one of those things where we we hated each other on the court, but respected each other, and uh, you know everybody's friends to this day because of those those battles we had. But um, you know that was one of those games. I tell people that's the first time we played. First time I ever had to box out in a basketball game. I remember first play of the game. I think it was Larry Moore. Just I mean, jumped jumped over my back. I'm thinking, oh my goodness, this <laughs> can get up a little bit. So rest that game. I. Just pitch your perfect box outs for the rest of the game. Contain them on the boards. <laughs> so this game, um, and a lot of times the the nightcap uh, of the state tournament, uh, sometimes has a little bit less of a attendance, but there were still 12,667 on March 25th, 1995, to see you guys uh, play Cleveland Heights. This is a game you guys trailed 30 to 27 at half, but you came out roaring in the, out of the locker room with a 15-0 spurt that gave you a 42-30 lead, uh, and you would take that 12-point lead into the fourth quarter. And you guys looked uh, pretty poised to close that game out. What, what was – you know, you're down three. What was it that lit that fire at halftime that you guys just come out and exploded? You know, I think the main thing was we were only down three, and we hadn't shot the ball particularly well uh, that that game. I mean, I think Slade Slade hit some Slade ended up hitting some threes, but I know you know on the inside we'd missed them. We'd missed some easy ones on the inside, and we knew if we could capitalize and and uh, actually finish some plays, we felt we could extend the lead. And then you know 
when, when we had a lead by 12 and our mindset, the game game was pretty much over because we was going to take care of the ball. But Damon Stringer hit some shots that, you know, mo- most normal high school kids wouldn't be able to hit. And he hit some deep threes, some contested threes, and he single-handedly brought them, brought them back. <laughs> Yeah, so you guys are you're leading by 12, uh, heading into the fourth, and as you mentioned, entered Damon Stringer, who was rocking the the ever popular 1995 cutoff underneath the jersey, uh, which was a, a great look back then. <laughs> but Stringer Stringer just goes nuts in the fourth. He has 20 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, he scored the final 12. Uh, culminating with an NBA range triple there to tie the game at 60. And it was cool. I was able to uh, go back and, and this, this game is online uh, called uh, by the great Michael Ray guy. Uh, he was very young <laughs> calling this game, but it was, uh, it, it was cool to go back and see just, uh, you know, things that you forgot about and things that, uh, that, that slipped past your memory from this game. And you guys, you know, it's 60-60. You know, what's the – you go to the bench. You know, here's Stringer. He's out of his mind right now. Are, are, you, guys, are you guys still poised to, to feel like, okay, let's regroup, um, you know, kind of erase that, and, and let's, let's, let's get to work? Somewhat. And then I think a lot of it was just uh, praying, like, please, God, let us come <laughs> through this. <laughs> because Damon Stringer was going crazy. But you know that's the thing. We were there was there was definitely some some praying going on. But there's all you know definitely some guys. All we need, I get one one stop and a score. We got this. We come too far. There's a lot of a lot of Coach Aaron Holt, uh, you know, preaching to us. We got this, guys. Settle down. We got this. All we need to do is get a couple stops and we can get some scores. And this is us. And it's refusing refusing to lose. Um, our, our great. Year, uh, no, it trickled down that we were going to refuse to lose that game, no matter no matter what Damon Stringer had in mind. Is this where all that bigger, faster, stronger training comes into play here in the uh, the overtime? Uh, Coach Aaron Hall, he he was big on that, right? He was bigger, faster, stronger in conditioning. I, I, um, you know, at that time, especially, I don't think there were too many high school programs that had that that good of a conditioning program. With li- with lifting and, and running, we were definitely uh, you know definitely always in good shape, and it definitely it definitely caused us to put through some some hard times together. Thinking, oh my goodness, I don't know if I can make it through this. Born together as a team and facing adversity, and, and together, you know, we had to come through adversity as a team. And when it happened in the games and those close games, we, we were able to do it. And a lot of it is because of our, our tough conditioning programs that we had. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Were you? Were you sporting the 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 shaved head with the the sideburns look at this time? My, I did. My hair was very low. <laughs> that that was also a great look in the mid nineties. <laughs> the, the sideburns. So I got it from Scott Pollard from Kansas. <laughs> Do you have as many tattoos as Scott Pollard? Does? Negative. No. <laughs> <laughs> So you guys get to overtime and uh, you score the first five, but you know, they get the lead back. Jeff Johnson, uh, I believe who was a sophomore on this team for Cleveland Heights uh, ends up making a shot. They go up 68, 67 with 142 to play in overtime. 
And then Edwin ties the game with the free throw. Um, and then you have the most important banked free throw in Zanesville history at the 108 mark, giving your team a 69-68 lead. What do you remember about that beautiful-looking banked free throw? I remember that it wasn't very beautiful at all. No. <laughs> it went straight in. It was like that ball was – it felt like I had no grip on the ball, and I was just nervous, and that thing came off my hand hard as ever. And thank, thank God it banked in because the second one I shot after that about broke the backboard too. <laughs> so you – so you guys, yes, you were like ha- hanging on like a cat on a screen door because you still had a minute and eight to go. You would actually go back to the line uh, a little bit later and, and miss the front end, which then uh, you guys would have to watch as Coleman James' three-pointer misses at the buzzer. Um, and finally, it's over. Uh, you, you guys have done it. Do you remember the moment, and, and can you describe it? Oh, just as far as – as far as basketball goes, as far as being part of a team goes, it's the, it's the greatest feeling ever. Uh, I just remember seeing, I rem- you know, I remember Josh Olinger being on his back with the ball and just uh, feeling, you know, for him being a senior, what he came through, it, it made it made that feeling even greater to know that he was able to come through that knee injury and 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 win a state championship for his for his senior year, and uh, you know, just to think about all all the big plays that were made. From, from all of us leading up to that final game and for us to get it done for, uh, you know, for ourselves, for our community, for Coach Aaron Hall, it was, it was unbelievable. And then the support we got from, from our hometown when we, you know, when we got back and the next day when we had a parade, it was just, uh, you know, it was unbelievable. And uh, it's hard to believe it's been 25 years ago. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's something that's great. Great memory to have, you know, not something, you know, I think about every day, but it is something that we'll always have a bond. We've all, you know, that group of guys and coaches will always have something that not too many people get a, get a chance to experience in their lifetime. And like I tell my, my players now, your high school days are going to be your best days because you might lose contact with those guys for, you know, 10 years, 20 years, but when you meet up, it's, it's going to be just like you never, you know, like you never left each other. It's going to be like that friendship is always going to last no matter what. Yeah, it was uh, just incredible. Uh, when you look back and you think about, I don't think people understand the the, the pressure pack situations, the the small, minute, uh, fundamental details when you're winning games by you know two over Jackson one over Westerville North, uh, one over Cleveland Heights in, in overtime. How many things just have to go right uh, with games? Because it, it's not like in those games, you're not blowing teams out by 30 points and just kind of playing freely. Every possession matters in those games. Right. And you had to do you had to do that for like three straight weeks. We did. Now just a lot of a lot of paying attention to detail in practice and you know, it, it did. Coach Aaron Hall, give a lot of credit to Coach Aaron Hall for getting a bunch of kids together and uh, coaching us the way he did to where we, we believed in everything he said. And we believed every game plan he had was was going to work. And fortunately, it did. You know, he's definitely Coach Aaron Hall. I always say he's, 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 the, he's the best coach I've ever played for. And, uh, you know, I've played for a lot of coaches, been around a lot of coaches, but his attention to detail is, is like no other. And 
he has a way to to get players to play to has a way to get their best out of them so edwin young finishes uh that game with 16 points and 11 assists and he was named uh, the mvp of the state tournament uh 28 points 17 assists in the two games and then you ended up with 12 and 12 in the finals and 30 and 15 for the tournament you were all tournament team Slade Galloway had a big night, uh, 17 points, including five threes in that game, and Cedric Hall had 11, David Houston was seven, and Josh Olinger six. And, uh, you know, you had other guys that just made, you know, you mentioned Jerry Myers, uh, you know, guys that just made great contributions to this team without, you know, cracking the box score. They didn't have to crack the box score to be a big part of what you guys were doing. Uh, And then Damon Stringer ended with 28. Uh, Larry Moore, 13, Theo Dixon, 12, and, and Keith Allen, 8. So it, it, it's kind of a relief. You guys have got it done. And you got to be thinking, you guys got to, you know, you're losing some tough guys with Galloway and Olinger and, and some other guys. But you got a lot returning, and you got some really good young kids on that JV team um, ready to go. You got to be thinking, boy, we could do this again. <laughs> We did. We thought, uh, you know, we thought coming back, uh, it was going to be our best team as, as, that that Zanesville could, you know, ever, ever probably seen with the athleticism that we had, the depth that we were going to have coming back for a for our '96 team, and it, it was. We had a, you know, obviously we won a, a continued winning streak, went undefeated that whole regular season, and uh, confidence was high. I think our confidence got too high <laughs> going through the tournament run. But it comes back to, you know, you go through the, a, a tournament run like that, you go to the state tournament, it takes a lot of luck. And you got to be on top of your game every single game you come out. Been a lot of great teams in Ohio throughout the years, including, you know, those three years of Zanesville teams. But, you know, Northland's had some great teams. I think one championship came out of it. Lakewood St. Edwards right. had great teams. I think one championship came out of them. Cleveland Heights had great teams. One championship came out of them. It takes a lot of luck. And, uh, you know, Westville North – they were the underdog that year in 96, and uh, I think we went in a little bit a little bit big-headed. Uh, we missed some opportunities late in that game. They made some some big plays late in that game, and uh, they, they, uh, they, they upset us that year. And, and the thing is with that year, all the – seemed like all the top teams that year got upset there in the regions with St. Edwards. I think – I can't remember if they won. I think they got upset too that year, I think. And then um, – uh, Cleveland, obviously, Cleveland Heights got beat, and uh, I think that year Cincinnati LaSalle won the the state championship that year. Yeah, you're correct. Yeah, I wanted to, you know, because you know, I wanted to end with this because I, I would love to have had you back on for '96 and '97, but we won't get the chance to do that. You know, the '96 team to me, um, you know, because the Westerville North. If you look at the three three different teams you played from Westville North, uh, and I think you would agree wholeheartedly with this, that was probably the least talented uh, Westerville North team of the three that you played. Oh, yeah, it, it, uh, it was. And they, they did have great players and obviously still had their same great coach, but talent-wise is definitely their least talented. And you guys were probably – you know, because you had played – um, I believe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, in 96, you had played St. Edwards in the regular season, right? Yes. And, uh, won it. Was that an overtime game? I can't remember if it was. It, it, might, it was at Gund Arena. 
I can't remember if it went to overtime or if it was just extremely close, but I think you might be right. I think it did go into overtime. Yeah, I think ATN Norris had a chance to to win it at the end, and it went in overtime, I believe. And then you had a, another – you had a wild game with Wheeling Park. I think that was on your home floor where uh, Darius Goodwin threw in one from, from way back at the horn, um, and you guys ended up winning that game, I think, in double overtime. We were, so, I think we were down that game. Were, uh, we were down like 12 with like three-something left that game, and that was – you know, we had to fight back, and that was uh, – a. A great that was a great but they had a, you know willing park at that time had some great players as well those are some good battles for two years yeah and i always said that you know looking back because a lot of people now you know wheeling park may win 17 or 18 games or something and i say you have no idea uh how talented those wheeling park teams were back in those days oh yeah and you know when you look at their lineups and you look at, at your lineups I mean, they, you know, man for man, they were as talented, if not more talented, at, at certain positions. Oh. Uh, but you guys just always found a way to, to get them. Oh, yeah, they were good. I think the, the main thing with them is uh, we knew they were never they, – they were fast-paced up and down. And the way we were going to get them is if we would just get some stops in the half court and make them guard us in the half court. We knew they weren't going to slow the game down, and we knew they was always going to give us a chance to get a turnover somehow. And they, fortunately, they always did. But you talk about when they had Freddie Howard and uh, Raphael Cruz. And, the, I mean, they've had about 18 good ones throughout the years. But uh, they've had some, you know, uh, Michael Jebb, yeah, they've had some players over there. Yeah, you you know, you just roll the ball out and, and take away coaches and all that stuff. And those guys, you know, they could play with anybody. Oh, I mean, you know, and, that, and you're right. They, that was the thing. They – whether they were up 30 or down 30, they played the exact same way uh, until the buzzer sounded. And, you know, they didn't really have the philosophy of playing, you know, situational possession basketball. They just, you know, it, whatever the score was after 32 minutes, that was going to be what it was. And, yep. and if they were better than you, they were better than you. But, yeah, those were great battles. And then, uh, you know, I just wanted to briefly mention 97, your, 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 uh, your final year there. Uh, you know, you guys lose uh, a game in a regular season there. You controlled the – I mean, almost the entire game at the Gahanna mm -hmm. uh, cage, cage Classic against Cleveland Heights. I think they ended up beating you by two. Yeah. Uh, but you, you you just absolutely controlled that game all night. And and uh, and, and they found a way to win. Uh, Jamel Harris had a, a really good game that night. But you would see those guys again uh, in the state tournament that year in 97 – uh, and and they would get you in overtime, so they, they kind of returned the favor. But uh, you know, if I would if I were to tell a young Seth Martin after that '95 game that, that you guys would not win another one, would you a young Seth Martin? Would you have believed it? I wouldn't have. I was you know I was in the belief that we could go out and uh, come together and win three straight. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I mean, there's just so much so much good talent on those Zanesville teams and you're, you're so well coached and, but, you know, I, uh, I appreciate you, you coming on here. I know a lot of people love that team and, and they'll be, you know, obviously more, more happy to hear from you than me. So I appreciate you coming on. Oh, so. no, no problem. I, I appreciate you getting a hold of me and, and allowing me to do it. If you ever need anything else, just let me know. All right, man. Hey, thanks a lot. Oh, no, no problem. Thank you. Have a good day, and you guys stay safe. All right, you too, bud. All right, thank you.
Bye-bye.